we'll go on to our final information item, which is uh, school board policy 20-2.210. Electric technologies acceptable use. Dr. Murphy. Yes, uh, this was the team effort uh, with uh, Dr. Tara Natras, Assistant Superintendent for Teaching and Learning, and Mr. Raj Al-Samili, Assistant Superintendent for Information Services. So I will uh, turn to them. Uh, as I made mention in my opening comments, we have four of these uh, technology acceptable use policies that we're gonna be bringing to you. This is the second of four. Uh, and we're going to be bringing back those other two a little bit later. This evening's has uh, focused on students. So, Dr. Natras, I'll let you begin. Thank you, Dr. Murphy, and thank you, Raj, um, for being here with me. As Dr. Murphy said, this has been a team effort, and it has been an ongoing effort for the last several months. As you know, one of our goals over the course of this year and will most likely lead us into next year is really to ensure that we have developed policies and policy implementation procedures for staff and students that are related to technology usage. We have been working through the process. We started, as you know, with the 45-2 policy, which is related to internet, and that one was approved on February 1st. We are bringing forward to you this evening for information electronic technologies acceptable use for students you can see that this one really speaks to different acceptable use elements and i'll speak to what those elements are further in the presentation i do want to talk a minute just about the process that we've been going through to get us here this evening we started actually with a community meeting last may but for these specific policies, um, had a community meeting November 15th where we looked at all of our current policies and determined what are the key elements that we want to retain, what are those things that need to be tweaked, and where maybe because technology has shifted quite a bit in the last seven to 10 years, do we need to really do a lot of updates. Then January through March, we did quite a bit of drafting, took the draft back out to the community, and received feedback in a live meeting as well as gathered online input from March 6th through the 16th and also gathered input from the Advisory Committee on Instruction. We're bringing this forward to you this evening for information and then school board action on May 3rd. We will bring forward two additional policies, one that mirrors this one but for staff. Um, we'll start that drafting process later this spring and then we will update our acceptable use of social media also later this spring. We'll see if we can get to those before the school year's out, um, but our goal is to really start working through them. So currently, we have five policies that really address acceptable use of technology. You can see those five policies here. The one in bold at the bottom is the one that has already been approved. What we are proposing is that we take the five, this looks really messy, um, but we're taking those five and turning them into four. The um, four that I referenced earlier, you can see that internet policy and the technology policy are actually going to get rolled into those four. So some of the components that are in the policy that we're bringing forward this evening lived in internet policy and technology. They now live in the acceptable use policy as well as the 20-2.210 also lives in the policy that we're bringing forward this evening, 
although you'll see in the red line, it was completely edited. It was like two sentences and they're gone. So it's really been replaced, essentially. The process I've already spoken to a little bit, but I do want to speak to this element around the drafting team. To do this work, we pulled together um, a pretty comprehensive team with representatives that include our ITCs, our instructional technology coordinators, our principals, our teachers, our assistant principals, um, our information services department, the Department of Teaching and Learning, to really spend a lot of time looking at and researching what are the things that we want to really ensure included in our policies. So we reviewed those five policies I shared with you. We also reviewed policies recommended by COSIN, which is the Consortium of School Networking, as well as Common Sense Media. They have looked at a lot of policies throughout the country and have said, these are some of the top 10 policies to really look at when you're looking at acceptable use. So we reviewed all of those policies and went through them really line by line to look at what do we need to make sure is included. And then we also looked at the Virginia School Board Association recommendation. So that drafting team met several times, January, February, March, to go over all of those to draft the policy you have. And then we shared that draft in our community meetings. We know that in this policy process, our community wants to have a lot of conversations about a great deal of elements. So one of the things that we're really trying to support the community and support our schools in is looking at which of those things live in policy, which of those things live in policy implementation procedures, which of those things live in our curriculum documents or the digital device handbook, because we want to make sure that we're really addressing all of the components. And some of those components are not really policy elements. They're either implementation pieces or they live in curriculum. So this chart is to really capture that. As we've been having these community conversations, we have been documenting everything and then saying, okay, if this is an issue, how are we going to address it? So everything from one of the key things that comes up is that we want to have expectations by grade level in terms of what we can expect students to know and be able to do, what we think in terms of screen time usage, and how it enhances the curriculum, which is the conversation that we've all been having around technology. Those pieces are so specific that they wouldn't live in policy, but they do live in our curriculum documents and the instructional framework that we're drafting. So we can share that as those things are being created, but they're not gonna be seen in the policy. Keyboarding is another one, again, that lives in curriculum. Non-instructional use during the school day is referenced in the policy, but it actually is spelled out in the policy implementation procedures in the digital device handbook. So we just wanna make sure that folks know we are talking about all of these things and working on them, but they may not see them in this draft of the policy. The other thing I wanna draw your attention to, there are kind of three key elements that we are talking a lot about. One is personalized learning versus digital learning. Another are screen time concerns, and the other is the use of devices at home as well as at school. So one of the things that we are planning in addition to the community meetings that we've had is to have some parent meetings late this spring. We've been talking with some various experts in these areas to bring them in and have some community meetings in the evenings for parents who want to talk about these issues and really hear from 
some of the experts on how can we address them. So that's something that we'll be getting out over the course of the next several weeks. When you look at the actual policy, and you guys have the policy um, within the board docs, these are the different components that are included in the policy itself. So we start the policy with the educational purpose and reminding um, everyone why this policy is in place. Then we get into acceptable use, where we reference the various codes and laws. We talk about um, how this has to, the use aligns with all of our policies and PIPs. One of the key conversations with the drafting group was, if it applies in any area, it should apply to technology, right? We have policies against discrimination and bullying. It applies to technology as well as outside of that realm. So you'll see that theme kind of throughout the policy. And then we get into a section on discipline. Same idea, right? If you can't do something off of technology, you also cannot do it within technology. The privacy section gets into a couple of different things. One is how we safeguard student personal information, and then it's also making sure that our students are protecting their own information and really thinking about how they interact with others. So it does have elements of photography and video recording and when is that acceptable, when is that not acceptable, as we try to protect privacy in the digital age. Personal safety references our digital citizenship curriculum and the key components for helping make sure that our students know how to not just use the device, but access the internet and conversations and things safely. There's a section on the care of the device, as well as shared responsibility. So how do we work with our students to understand that this is APS property and you have a responsibility for caring for it, just like textbooks or any other resource um, that is distributed. There's a liability section, and then there's a section on evaluation. So you can see all of that as you go through the policy. You have both the red line version and the complete version. They're not that different because the red line basically um, eliminated the three sentences that was this policy and turned it into two and a half pages. So I will take any questions that you have at this time.